For at least half a decade, HSBC helped to wash hundreds of billions of dollars for drug mobs, including Mexico's Sinaloa drug cartel, as well as move money for terrorist organizations linked to Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah and for Russian gangsters. Furthermore, HSBC helped countries like Iran, the Sudan and North Korea evade sanctions. And while serving murderous terrorists in rogue states, HSBC aided countless common tax cheats in hiding their cash. Everett Stern was pivotal in uncovering this huge fraud and money laundering scheme, which, among other things, resulted in HSBC in 2012 being fined 1.9 billion U.S. dollars, the largest fine to date by the U.S. Justice Department. Hello, I'm Nick Holland for ISMG, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Everett Stern, founder of Tactical Rabbit, a private intelligence agency, and I'm proud to say the keynote speaker of ISMG's upcoming Fraud and Breach Summit in Chicago on May 14th. So, Everett, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's an absolute honor uh, to be speaking at your organization. Thank you. So, Everett, I mean, clearly, focusing back on the HSBC whistleblowing, I mean, clearly that was not an easy thing that you did. And in terms of the consequences of your actions at the time, you lost your job. You had to make some pretty drastic life changes to survive. Do you ever regret what you did? No, not at all. Um, without, I mean, definitely without any hesitation whatsoever. You know, in fact, looking back on everything, I have no regrets at all. And that's because I know I gave it my all to, you know, really live the David and Goliath type story, you know, where I, I went up against from the largest banks in the world and um, successfully took them down to, to a large degree. The only thing that I... I guess I wish would have happened, which was out of my control, was that somebody went to jail. I pushed for that. I'm still pushing for that. And that's something uh, that is a failure, not on my part. But as I handed the Justice Department this case on a silver platter, this is somebody not going to jail and justice not being fully preserved is the fault uh, of Justice Department and uh, a number of government officials. So that's definitely not on me. But I, I certainly did everything I could, uh, especially while I was at the bank, to stop terrorist financing, uh, which I did. Uh, there were a number of cases that, uh, which I directly stopped. I know a couple entities were, uh, that, that I stopped from terrorist financing were directly financing the manufacturing of IEDs, which were killing American troops in uh, the Iraq war. And in the war in Afghanistan, and yeah, but it was extremely uh, difficult then. And I want to make clear though that I'm not just the average whistleblower because I blew the whistle later. I mean, I was passing information to the CIA for well over a year, and then I, you know, went to the U.S. government or I went to the FBI, the Justice Department. But then I, I continued my fight to fight against. Uh, terrorist financing, HSBC, for years and years. And most people who know me and know my story uh, and who know, you know, when I ran for U.S. Senate, I've been fighting this battle for a very, very long time. So I, I don't consider myself a whistleblower. I consider myself more as a fighter. I think one of the things that you shared with me over email last night was a quote by Emerson, which I thought had and that really resonated. I thought that said a lot about who you are. So I'm going to I'm going to read that, actually, which is it's a poem called What is Success? So it's to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, 
to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate the beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch or a redeemed social condition. And this is the line that struck me most is to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. So I thought, again, that that sort of summed up your I guess your ethos. I mean, I, I had a, you know, that really resonated with me, actually. It's funny because, you know, I had that poem. I had that framed in my cubicle. You know, my dad gave that poem to me when I was in college. And, and he told me, he said, you always remember this poem. And, and, and I had that framed hanging in my cubicle. And it was funny because other HSBC employees would make fun of me because I had like this, this giant frame thing in a little cubicle. <laughs> but I would, look, I, would, I would look at that poem every day and that's why, you know, three weeks in, I remember after seeing what I saw, I mean, three weeks in on the job, my first job out of school, you know, where everyone was so proud of me that I, I got this great so-called great job. You know, I sent the, the, my, the first email to the, to the Central Intelligence Agency, which is what started, you know, a, a major intelligence. I don't know if it was, it was an operation, but it was definitely a uh, major undertaking. Uh, which changed, you know, my life and the, and the lives of a lot of other people. But yeah, but it was that poem that was really the deciding factor for me in deciding to do the right thing and, and make sacrifice that, that I made. What happened, obviously, at HSBC in 2012 is is now quite some time in the past. And I mean, as the founder of Tactical Rabbit, your, your firm, um, which is focusing again on, on intelligence and, and what's happening with a whole variety of uh, fraud cases. What are you seeing in terms of the way fraud's evolving? Well, uh, unfortunately, I think the way we're seeing fraud evolve is that we're seeing uh, people are taking it less seriously. Uh, and we're seeing it become um, a staple in society that for some reason is becoming accepted and we're uh, white-collared crime, money laundering, things like that are being viewed as lesser crimes. And, you know, what a lot of people don't uh, understand is that wars cost money. Um, and if we cut off the money supply, uh, then we, we'll win. And unfortunately, right now, even even still today, you know, HSBC and, and other banks and, and other uh, MSBs or money servicing businesses are, are helping and, and, you know, financing terrorism and drug cartels. And, and it's really disgusting because, you know, we have soldiers coming back in body bags and people seem to not make the connection that when you have fraud, uh, even, you know, with, it has to do with a Ponzi scheme or that it affects people's lives. People seem not to connect that you know, when there's a violent crime, people react very differently than to fraud. Really should be held to the same standard as a violent crime. Yes, I mean, clearly there's the perceptions of criminal activity are shifting as the media perception of a whole lot of things shift. And one of those I want to touch on with you is, uh, again, you know, one of the figureheads of modern whistleblowing is Julian Assange, who was arrested in the UK very recently. And I don't want to get into the specifics of Assange and WikiLeaks and so on, but I wanted to ask you, I mean, again, times are different from your incident, obviously, at HSBC um, and, and sort of the, the way things are changing. I want to ask, I mean, again, do you think the sort of the 24-hour news cycles is impacting whistleblowing? And I think particularly that perception of fake news maybe making whistleblowing a dying art in that it's very hard to know what's, what's truth and what's fiction at this point in time. 
Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think people in general are, are getting very confused as to what whistleblowing really is. <laughs> and uh, there's a big difference, for instance, between what I did and what Julia Assange does and what Edward Snowden did. For instance, I have the same classification as Edward Snowden or as Julian Assange as, as being you know, a, a big whistleblower when that's not true. Because what I did was for national security, and I didn't profit or I, I didn't, you know, release, you know, classified information or, you know, cause harm to the United States. What what I did was I, I risked everything to protect the United States. Um, and uh, I'm a very different type of whistleblower, you could say. That's why I don't really consider myself a whistleblower. But, you know, the 24-hour news cycle that, that, that you mentioned, it doesn't allow for people to digest what information is being released. So things are becoming a flash in the pan. And that's not good because, for instance, the situation with HSBC uh, was a flash. I view it as a flash in the pan for a lot of people. And it's not. It's still going on. Uh, in fact, I was recently called back into federal building uh, a couple months ago to meet with the FBI and the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York. And this is not over. <laughs> so um, there's definitely not uh, a flash in the pan. And and again, there's a very big difference. And this is what people have to understand between whistleblowers like myself and people like Julian Assange and Edward, and Edward Snowden. Big, big difference. I've got to say, Everett, I mean, absolutely fantastic talking with you. Very much looking forward to speaking with you and meeting you at our summit uh, in Chicago, which is going to be May 14th, for those of you who are interested. So um, that was Everett Stern, the founder of Tactical Rabbit. And for Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.